Hi guys, welcome and welcome back to the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I'm your wonderful host, Monica, and I am joined by a very special co-host because Glenn is on vacation. Uh, they are named, They are a Tumblr veteran. She is dynamic. She has been on the internet for years, the same way I have. She has moved into journalism and media in regards to film, and she knows so much about social media. She, her brain is like, she knows so much about Star Wars and Doctor Who. The knowledge that she encompasses within her mind is something like you have to you have to follow her on TikTok. You have to subscribe to her fan house. I'm going to leave it in description below. Send her the money. Send her the follows and the likes and the clicks and all that. Please give it up for the very amazing and wonderful Claudia Amenobar. Hello. Ah. <laughs> I'm very excited to be here. Hey. Um, yeah, I'm uh yeah, I'm I'm Claudia. I use she her pronouns. You can find me on social media at Kaludia says K-A-L-U-D-I-A says. Uh I have two podcasts. Um I'm uh one of the co-hosts of RuPalp's Pod Race. It's a Star Wars podcast. Um it's a wonderful and good good and fun time and um it's mostly five queer people beating each other over the head with cursed star wars things that they find <laughs> online and then sometimes having like hour-long conversations about the nature of fashion so <laughs> we love that um and then one of my co-hosts and i started a spin-off podcast which is a supernatural rewatch for the one-year anniversary of destiel we did start a supernatural podcast good god who knows why where we are going to rewatch all of it so that other people do not have to it's called the mystery spot cast um and uh we've been on and off for the past like couple of weeks whatever uh so we didn't have an episode this week um but we're probably gonna talk about supernatural actually today and um hell yeah my partner is attempting to do this supernatural watch with me and Ollie. So um, we will be doing TikTok live streams for some live commentary in time when there's no uh, when there's no episode that. Week. So uh, yeah, that's that's what I do normally. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, yay! We love to hear it. Um, I am very excited to listen to your podcast, the Supernatural podcast. Because I was the person where, like, when Supernatural ended, like, a new season ended, I would go back to the beginning and rewatch it all the way through on Netflix. So <laughs> oh I, I was known to pirate, like, episodes of Supernatural because I didn't have Netflix when I was into it. And I was, like, in high school. Like, I did not have money. And also, like, the CW only had, like, the last five most recent episodes. And they oh, also yeah. had ads and all the ads were like 10 minutes long or something. So yes. So when you eventually get to like the end of season one in your podcast, please let me know because I have thoughts over that ending because wow. And then season two, man, when they finally introduced Carrie Mama and Woodward's son at the end, oh. that hit me. Oh. <laughs> that was the moment. <laughs> I'm struggling without Castiel, but also the first couple of seasons do hit. So mm -hmm. You yeah. know, um, it's a it's a wild and fun and crazy time. I, as well, when I first started watching Supernatural, was like, okay, when is the angel coming in? Because I kept seeing on Tumblr, like, where Literally is he? Literally 
<laughs> where are the of, angels of the triumvirate supernatural yes. was the last one because like sherlock there's not that many episodes to catch up on doctor who my friend introduced it to me i had it had been popular on tumblr and i had started on tumblr in the past like mm-hmm. two years on in on, in high school but then my friend introduced it to me like on like new year's in like 2010 2011 something like that mm-hmm. and it did change my life and then i became a monster yeah and shout out to mega video for having all the episodes we love and, that um and so i didn't start supernatural until like the end of my senior year of high school into like the summer before college and then like my first year in college i did i spent more time watching supernatural than i did in my schoolwork it's probably why i was i did not do well in school yeah um people would be like hey claudia you've been up for like 12 hours you're still in the you're still in the lounge and i'm like yeah i did watch three seasons of supernatural yeah (laughs) (laughs) it do be Um, like that it do be like that i think by the time i was in college so i was just like catching up to Mm -hmm. it 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 was it they had just put it on netflix or maybe it was on netflix at that point but like i was catching up to where it was airing currently so i think i had like eight seasons to watch um so it was a it was a climb but i was doing the same thing of like well i know all the jokes and i know all the memes Mm -hmm. so i'm waiting for the jokey jokes and i'm waiting (laughs) for the angel and then he came and i was like there he is there's my favorite white boy Yeah, that's exactly how it was. Oh, before we get into it, we have to do the can't wait to watch. Uh, It's the opening segment where we're talking about the TV shows and movies we cannot wait to see. And the thing that I'm excited to see coming out is a new film that John Boyega is in. And I do have to say, John Boyega has been in a lot of movies as of late. And y'all have not been watching them. And when I say y'all, I mean y'all. Because I've seen them. All right? I'm a fan. He is booked and busy. He is booked, booked and busy. And busy. Yeah, yeah. When he stopped starting, when he stopped playing around in the Star Wars movies, he was still what working. Okay, so he's gonna be starring in a new indie film. It's called Eight Nine Two. He is due to star in it, but he ran into a scheduling conflict with Ant Man Three. And I don't know who I need to speak to to make this happen, but put John Boyega in Ant Man Three because apparently that's the next Marvel movie I'm looking forward to. Because there are some other pushbacks with another Marvel movie we could talk about later. But please put John Boyega in Ant-Man 3. I don't know what y'all got to do. I don't know who we need to speak to. But y'all got to make it happen. Y'all got to move some things around. Anyways, my king, he is going to be um, starring in this new movie. And he's going to be starring alongside Jonathan Majors in this film as well. And I think that this movie is also one of the last films that... Um, Michael K. Williams starred in before he passed, but there will also be Nicole Bahari, who damn yeah yeah it's his last Michael K. Williams last film. So I think it's premiering at I don't know what film festival it is, but it's premiering at a film festival very soon. And also Nicole Bahari is in it. You may know her from Sleepy Hollow and that one Black Mirror episode with Anthony Mackie and Yaya. Abdul Mateen, we love him so much. And also Salinas Leiva is going to be in the movie as well. Dear um, God, everybody's in this. Yep, 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 yep. So I cannot wait to watch this movie. Damn. I can't wait for it to happen. Uh, whenever it you know, releases, I will be 
ready to see it. Because a lot of times when indie movies come out, especially where I live, they come out at like a theater that's like, I don't know, like an hour away from my house. But whatever I got to do to watch it, I'm going to watch it because I'm going to support my king, period. I have not seen a movie in a theater in a very long time, so I just wait for things to go to streaming. I actually haven't watched a lot of movies lately. I watch mostly television. I believe the last movie we watched was, oh, we watched the the lesbian uh, Hallmark movie. Um, uh, Claire and I, my partner, we did watch the lesbian Hallmark movie. Spoiler alert, it's not actually a lesbian romance. It's actually of like a family holiday movie. The, the like the lesbian romance the the gay stuff is done like extremely well not cringe like it's actually quite good very diverse actually not all mm. white people okay. however it's not about the romance oh. like there's two romances in it and they're both b plots so there's like there there's three sisters mm-hmm. um one sister is already married i i described it as it like the sister who's already married to her baker husband <laughs> um uh like they they're they're like they've already gone through their christmas um hallmark movie and this is the sequel (laughs) Um, uh, that's what it feels like anyway um so there's the one who's already married and then there's like the there's the there's the one sister who like comes back and clearly there's a thing with like the guy that she grew up with in her hometown and then there's the other sister who's the gay sister who Mm. um meets this cute girl um and both but the both of those are like b plots to the Mm. overall plot about like their dad and a christmas tradition and whatever so it was built to me i was like oh my god like gay people we won and then i was like where's the gay people right right it's really well done though and like it's really like cheesy and whatever and you'll like it and uh it's it's actually it's quite good but uh that is the last movie i have seen um i can't think oh and like of movie movies like we just started watching like movie movies again and so we watched shang chi and black widow because again my partner and i we waited until things have been on streaming to watch everything uh because i was not going to the theater so that's all i've seen in like yeah months yeah most of the movie theaters near me are like they're open the thing is is like in georgia people love to pretend like nothing's going on like everything's fine which I'm not okay with. But like for the most part when I've gone to movie theaters, which has been very sporadically, people have their mask or they're like sitting like super far away from me. So yeah. And I haven't, the only movie I've seen really like lately, I think I saw Candyman, the new one, which I kind of like. I hope they do a sequel to it because I feel like a sequel would benefit, like help the story more from where they started. And I know I saw another movie. I think it was like an action movie or something like that. It was called Nobody. It started Bob Odenkirk. He's in uh, Better Call Saul. Huh. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think that movie, like, it came out. I don't know if anybody really, like, knew about it or talked about it. The only reason why I knew that movie was coming out was because a YouTuber I like to watch, his name is Ted Nivison. He did, like, a sponsored video for it. So I was like, well, now I'm going to watch it because, like... I mean, the girls love Ted, so you know what I mean. Like, yes, of course. I wish I had a discount. Me, <laughs> I could go and there's no people. And shout out to Movie Pass. I miss you, girl. <laughs> I miss you. I miss you, Movie Pass. I... It's so expensive here. Oh yeah, movies are expensive. There's a movie theater near me. Not near me. It's like 20 minutes away. The tickets are seven dollars, or at least five dollars, and it's like really run down. So all the new movies come out like two oh. weeks after. 
That's the best. The, the best <laughs> That's where um I want to say like that is where my partner and I saw Frozen 2 when it mm. came out like a couple weeks after it came out and it was the best experience cuz we were like the only adults there and there were some like families but not a lot of people and we were just having a raucous good time in this discount theater. That's so sweet. Um, we love that for you. Is there anything that you're excited to see coming up? Uh, any movies or TV shows? Uh, so I'm I'm the Expanse. I am. Uh-huh. I'm very excited about the new season, the final season of the Expanse. Now I will admit I have not read the books, mm-hmm. so I'm a fake fan. Okay. Um, but I'm I'm very excited. I'm very emotionally invested in Amos Burton. He is the love of my life um very disappointed in myself that my favorite character other than a vassarala is uh a white man Mm. um but i i just love him very much he's just a funky little guy um (laughs) and um i i am literally obsessed that show i i have i have been i have been like lucky enough to meet some of the cast i get to interview them once they're all just wonderful they're super they're all just like super nerdy and they love it so much and i wish i wish they could have more um of the show but also i know they're gonna end it really well um i got into the show very late um and people have been telling me to watch it for years i think i was like scared that it was gonna get canceled because like everything on sci-fi gets canceled Mm -hmm. and they did get canceled but then it got brought back Mm -hmm. um so then I eventually started it. I'm so glad that I did. And that's that's my big thing um, that I'm hyped. Obviously, the book of Boba Fett, clearly. I'm a Star Wars fan, but, like, obviously. But so right now I'm, like, The Expanse. That's what I'm focused on right now. That's – and obviously Spider-Man no Way, uh, on No Way Home. But, again, right. I don't see myself seeing it in theaters. I think it comes out the weekend that I'm traveling home for Christmas. And, you know, there was no way I was going to get tickets for that first weekend. I'm – angry it's gonna get spoiled for me but like <sighs> you know just gotta like mute every single word spider spider-man tom tom holland yeah. zendaya zendaya and tom like literally... i was just talking i was just talking with a friend of mine of like okay what's gonna be like the crazy thing that happened like the crazy spoiler that happens i don't think it's gonna be any of the like the other universe spider-men i don't think that it's what it's gonna be something out of left field i was like oh it's gonna be like blade or somebody from the x-men or um my or like venom but my money and i'll say it right now Mm. is on deadpool I do believe the Deadpool will be like the after credit scene or the mm. like the crazy thing. Some people are like, "Oh, Daredevil!" I could see Daredevil coming. Like, yeah, 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 Hawkeye. But no, I'm putting my money now on Deadpool. I so badly want to see my boy Charlie Cox in that movie. He's coming. He's coming. I... Listen, I know, I know you haven't seen Hawkeye yet. But there oh is a gosh. scene, and then people have seen some stuff on Twitter, and people have been Ooh. connecting the dots, that people are like, I believe that is D'Onofrio's kingpin. Mm-hmm. I believe it is. And that means he's coming. He, he's coming. I, I will say that everybody was like, oh, he's confirmed to come back. I'm like, that is not what Kevin Feige said. I know yeah. you guys have all been reporting that, but that is he said if. Yeah. <laughs> that is not what he said. <laughs> I, I need, like... Netflix's Marvel TV shows were so good. Like Jessica the three, Jones. The, the three Marvel TV shows? Yeah, the three of them. only three. I, what, what three are you talking about? What three are you talking about? Because I'm talking about Jessica Jones, Daredevil, and Punisher. Those are my three. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about Punisher. Yeah. Uh, I, literally, 
I'm sorry. There were four. There yeah. were four. <laughs> there were four, and if there's a fifth one, no, there wasn't. There wasn't. <laughs> there, wasn't. there wasn't. Punisher, you don't even understand. Like, I don't read the comics or anything. When Punisher was introduced, and then his show came out, whatever, mm-hmm. I became, like, a crazy Punisher fan. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I cosplayed yeah. as him at New York Comic Con, okay? Like... <laughs> I became, I became the menace and it was actually that. a really good it was a really good cosplay as well we love that um, and uh i was like you know what i'm i'm reclaiming him from the blue lives matter people. absolutely as you should as you should because he don't know you girls he don't know y'all and he don't like you okay first of all don't ever try to step up to my man all right please take his logo off the back of your truck all right. You're so fucking stupid. You are so annoying. Please. You see one white man walk around with a gun. You think he's all about your, your cause. He's not. Trust me. What if he's we get not. the Punisher in No Way Home? That would be out of left field. <laughs> oh my god. That would be so crazy. That would be crazy. That that would that would send me over the deep end. <laughs> I I am so tired of people like publishing like rumors and stuff. Like people will take one little snippet someone says in an interview and then make it an entire headline and just make a whole article out of nothing. But like, y'all are letting rumors and like speculation spread and run rampant on Twitter. And then when that stuff doesn't get like made, obviously, because what where's who's your source? Where does you get this information from? What was the reason? Like people are like, oh, sources something. I'm like, what sources? What sources? What sources? Now, and there are some, there are some entertainment sources that are more reliable than others. But let me just tell you this: Illuminati, my enemy. <laughs> <laughs> film updates, my enemy. Discussing right. film, my enemy. Not like I mean, discussing film, they do share things that are accurate and true. They just yeah. steal, they just steal it from everybody else. So they, they'll be like, blah 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 is happening, and then they'll like tag like at deadline. I'm like, so you're not gonna include the link? Yeah. Or, or they do include the link, and you're like, so I could just go retweet this from Deadline instead. Yeah. Like, um. I also want to say Screen Rant. Screen Rant. You and I. Screen Rant. Every single time. Every, oh my gosh. Any Supernatural article Screen Rant has ever written is wrong. All of them are wrong. All of them are trash. All of them are annoying. Screen Rant. Any screen. I will say this. Screen Rant and comic book resources. Yes. Yes. are that in this weird middle ground of when they do the reporting or they get an exclusive or whatever they are genuinely you know well-established outlets yeah but the rest of the time they publish crazy bullshit clickbait all the mm-hmm. time and sometimes shit that's wrong mm-hmm. so consistently that they're a garbage place yeah um so like it's like yeah if they if you see something from them that's like actual confirmed like news or whatever like yeah you can trust that however they still report rumors and they put out clickbait consistently i have them blocked there are mm-hmm. so, like there are some news sources I just block them because I don't want to see it anymore. I'm like, right. people, stop, stop retweeting. Please. Discussing film. Please. Ha- fun, t- fun fact. I did call out certain of the these accounts or some of these publications or whatever, like discussing film or film updates or whatever. I did call them out once. Um, I believe it was uh, film updates blocked me. Ooh. Um, discussing film staff harassed me for like a whole day. Oh wow. Um there was one more that I was like not surprised. What's the other one that's just like discussing film that that steals from people? Um Discussing film film updates. I don't know. Uh 
I really do try to stay from that side of um, film Twitter, to be there, honest. It's literally, literally, ter- I was like, I, I didn't even, I, I like, I censored people's names and the names of the publications, whatever, and they still fucking found me. I was like, yeah. so anyways, um, l- literally disgusting. Well, and you were they saying those like- burner accounts. Literally, no, they were doing it on their whole regular accounts, like their whole, the whole staff. No. I was like, the, I will say this, the reason that this rumor mill shit exists Mm -hmm. is, it's, it is, it is Google's fault. It is literally Google's fault. Like, and the general, like, and it's like the general problems in journalism in general of like, there's no way to fund journalism anymore except for through clicks. And the only way you get clicks anymore, because you can't really get major traffic from social, and that's also the social platform's fault, mm-hmm. is you either go viral on a social platform um, by publishing things, stuff that's sensational, or search engine optimization, which means, you know, Screen Rant will just spin a wheel and or fucking throw darts at a board of, you know, Star Wars terminology to get clicks. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, that's why, you know, we got this covered is, like, the, in the top search results on fucking Google instead of some, you know, reliable, like, Variety or... The Hollywood you know, Reporter or Deadline. Or Empire Magazine or something right. like that. It, we could talk about this forever, but we should get into... Uh, what we're talking yeah. about today <laughs> we are going to dis- we are going to discuss super hulog if you weren't on tumblr in the age of 2014 you should count yourself lucky and i would also consider you someone of sound mind and body because if you were on tumblr during 2014 2013 you remember the changing sky meme you remember um so many other 2010. things. I was 2010. I would say 2010 through 2015 at least. Yeah, that was like prime Tumblr. Yeah. You remember like one slur, like literally anything. Um, I think it's a YouTuber Aeons or Eons. Any video that they have ever made on Tumblr, that is like you going back in time because they will make YouTube videos about literally every single era on Tumblr and I would watch them and I'm like wow that was my life at one point like I would see that yeah. online and I would just live my day just go about my day like that was normal like home stuff yeah. oh yeah that just happened that was just a thing and one thing that dominated Tumblr that beautiful blue site that we used to scroll on for hours and hours and hours was freaking super hulak everyone remembers when you would see a random text post come up and a supernatural gif would pop up at the bottom and they'd be like supernatural is a gift for everything there was a post where someone told the whole story of supernatural without ever watching it but told simply through supernatural meme and posts they've seen on tumblr sherlock and reichenbach doctor who and rose against the wall and 10 against the other side of the freaking wall and them crying all these chokehold it is a chokehold <laughs> on us like honestly honestly we are I, I going think, to you know what it, it, I, I will say this i think yes. it i think it, i think it had a chokehold on us because the things that preceded it were so fucking horrifying that people yeah. were recovering. So it was like Hitalia was what came before. So it was like anything was going to be better than this. Yeah. 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 So we are going to start discussing Super Hulak. And I, I have, let's just start with something that's not too, I want to start with Sherlock because it is like the oh, shorter. No. 
<laughs> Why do you sound like that? It's the shorter. At the- what cost? <laughs> Sherlock. Um, if you guys don't remember, Jesus Christ. Sherlock was a show on the BBC. They had three episodes per season. Each season came out every two years, and each episode was 90 minutes long. Why? I don't know. Moffat wanted to be special. And it starred Benedict Cumberbatch, AKA Dr. Strange now, and the white man who stars in every single British drama movie where he plays some genius who has to solve the war, save the world. And Martin Freeman, the man who was in the Hobbit movies and simply does not care about spoilers and wants to live his life. And we love that for him. Sherlock BBC was an adaptation of obviously the Arthur Connell books same way Robert Downey Jr.'s movie was as well. But this, to a lot of people, was a more realistic adaptation thanks to the writing of Gaddis and Moffat. The first two seasons of the show were preceded as amazing, complex, wonderful, spectacular writing. And then season three and season four turned out to be garbage, just hot trash. So do you want to start out with the good or the bad? Because anytime I think of anything good in the show, I automatically think of the bad. Like, I can think about how... problem about Sherlock. Right. I used to think it was really good television for a long time. Even despite its flaws, I was Mm -hmm. like, it's genuinely good. Yeah. And then looking back, much like Firefly or anything Joss Whedon, you go, it actually wasn't that good. Like... I hate that man. Uh, Stephen Stephen Moffat is the Joss Whedon of the UK. Um, if I see Joss Whedon <laughs> in Atlanta, I'm letting you know right now, sir. I got you, boyhood. Okay, there are a lot of white men that I'm I'm going to fight. All right, and Joss Whedon is one of them. Yeah, yeah. And JJ Abrams, you're next. I got you on this too. Yeah. So JJ, I I will I will let him I will let him slide for for some things. I'm not going to, like, drop kick him or, like, dog walk him. But maybe I'll kick him in the shins. You know what I mean? Maybe I'll, like... I can't. You're going to get banned from TikTok. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, Uh, Sherlock, here's the thing. Like, the thing... Like, I don't... Was Stephen Moffat working... He was working on Sherlock at the same time that he was working on Doctor Who. And so it was was the era. It was the the Stephen Moffat era. And that was also why Sherlock would go on hiatus for so long because it was kind of like a mini-series. So, like, they... And they would make it... They would make it and then they'd be like, yeah, we'll come back later kind of thing. Which is how they kind of treat Doctor Who now. And it's like, dude, the show is never fucking on. Yeah. Um, It's not a mini-series. Yeah. But he was making it at the same time as Doctor Who... I believe Mark Gaddis was also on Doctor Who as well. And um, I don't Wait, remember. on episode. Doctor Who or writing? Well, he was in it. Like, he was in it. But I, I don't remember if he yeah. was writing on it. I believe he was. I can't remember. Maybe. But um, the thing was like, so it was like, it was the, it was, it was all, it was all entangled and enmeshed together. Mm. And like, <laughs> all of the stuff that people were like, kind of obsessed with of like, like, it just, it like, all of the same problems that that era of Doctor Who had is a pro- was their problems in Sherlock of like, he can write a good episode of television. Like, he mm-hmm. has some good concepts. Like, good concepts for monsters, especially in Doctor Who, whatever. As a showrunner, overall, sir, what the hell? No. Or your treatment of women? Just the chair. Awful. Awful. Um, but they're like, are there individual episodes where I'm like, yeah, this is a bop and a banger. Or yeah. Like, 
there are moments in Sherlock that are really good. And like, you know, there was, there was good, there was a lot, there was a lot of good stuff there. I mean, I will, I'll say this. I think the music was half of the reason that we all were really just in it to win it. Musical Sherlock? The music was like, it was groundbreaking. Like you were just like, oh, I'm so into this story. And like, I I will also say like, I mean, the history of Sherlock Holmes adaptations, even the original stories is that like, this man wanted to stop fucking writing them, but people were like, no, I want more. And I feel like yeah. that's the curse every single time. And it's always the accident, the accidental homosexuality of uh, Sherlock and Holmes mm-hmm. is also what was present here. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, and people were like, you, I love it. And there were good performances and it was an interesting concept that it was like, what if we did, you know, it's not like a, it's not like a, oh, we're going to do an AU of it kind of thing, like a house empty or something like that. Like, we're going to yeah. do, what if it was Sherlock the way he was in the original stories, but just, like, same premise as a consulting detective, but in the modern day. Um, and it it was really, and it was really good. Um, but then, you know, you look back and you're like, every time I plug in my phone, I'm like, oh, <laughs> Sherlock's going to think I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I remember that. And I remember, like, I actually started re-watching some Sherlock episodes and I remember the writing and like the pace of the show and just like the way he would deduct, deduce things. It was like, oh my gosh, this guy, like his brain, it's like people use 10% of their brain, but he's using like 100% of his brain, you know, like he's just like, he's like out of this world, you know, but there would be times where like, and this happens sometimes in TV shows, I think, where the plot is a little too convoluted that the fact that you jump to these certain conclusions and solve the mystery in like such record time makes me think like, did this actually happen or were you the person that did it? You know what I mean? Like it was, it's a joke in your head, but like also to talk about how like Moffat is a good writer. He was a good showrunner in some parts of like Sherlock and in the era of Doctor Who. But I think that in Sherlock, the writers fell in love with the story and not only falling in love with the story, but falling in love with the love and the admiration that they received. And also just letting that go to their heads. Because obviously like for you to be proud of your story and the, your work, that's great. And that's awesome. But for you to then write yourself into a corner and then just like be like, screw it. And you come back the next season, just like, oh, he's not dead. Okay, how? Because you have a show that is based in mystery, that is based in solving crimes. And the people who watch the show want to understand the biggest mystery of the show, which is at the end of season two, Sherlock falls down, he falls to his death. How does that happen? And they don't really explain how. Like they did this convoluted thing where he's in his head, and he's talking to Molly in his brain, and then da 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 da, all this stuff happens. And then we have like literally a God, scene. I remember. I remember when that happened mm-hmm. and and people were like, like people had been waiting and people were picking that shit apart when that mm-hmm. aired. I remember that viscerally. Yeah. I remember when that happened and I was just like, yeah, he had a body double. Like that's literally the only, that's the only plausible way. Like he had to have known Moriarty would have thrown him off the ledge. So it was a body double. So like that would have made sense. That I, made sense to me. The, the, and people are like, okay, so why were people so obsessed with it? Whatever. And first of all, you really underestimate the power 
the power not only of the gayness of Sherlock and and and, and John, mm-hmm. not just in this adaptation, but across time yeah. is universal. Yeah. But also the power of a fandom to ship two white men together, isn't it? Right. It's the infinity. It's the fucking infinity gauntlet. Right. But also, the so it had this combination of those two things. The third thing that really is is it was that all those gaps between the release meant that the fandom went fucking bonkers. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you had, like... That's why, like, because of that, that that that's why the fandom is like is the way it is. I mean, that's why the Star Wars fandom is the way it is. Because when there isn't anything coming out, you just they're just let loose they're like feral. animals. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And, and also, that could be good or that could be bad. And it could have been a good thing, but the thing is, is that like Moffat and Gatiss didn't even bother to answer the biggest question and when fans got upset and said this is too complicated this doesn't make sense they essentially were like even in the beginning of season three they made fun of the fans with the fan club that was led by that one guy who i think is the medical examiner in the show anderson i think his name was the character and they were trying to theorize how sherlock survived they were literally making fun of the fans in that way and the fans were like the show natural did that too Y'all irritate me. Y'all irritate me to my core. Because how Supernatural is it? Supernatural at least, Supernatural at least was a little, a little kinder about it because Supernatural is always tongue-in-cheek and yeah. always very self-referential. Sherlock was like... Y'all are I mean, crazy. Like, y'all are coming okay. with these theories. It's stupid. Like, you guys are so obsessed with the show. Why? Why are you it's so obsessed with me? It's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. No, literally, it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy because that was the same thing with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Like, literally, where he was like, I want to stop writing these things. Why are these people so crazy? Like, leave me alone. It's like, it's like a curse. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, and I'm, but also I'm like. <sighs> you're happy that your show's doing well. You're happy that people like your show. And you create something that people don't like so they critique it because it's not as good as what you used to make and you get upset. So you blame it on your viewers being stupid and not understanding it. Like, oh, it's too complicated. Go read a children's book. Like, no, sir, that's not the answer to my question. I asked you, how did he survive? And you didn't answer me. Also, can someone please explain I mean, to me? That's... Explain to me how, what? like, a self-proclaimed lesbian goes about being sherlocked what is that sometimes combat occurs and in the original stories like they were not romantically linked at all so i i I just the funny thing is is that british tv is at least far more progressive than american television uh it has its own problems um so for i think that was another thing was like so for sherlock to be so just adamantly homophobic was like what was the reason? Like, what was the reason? There's no reason for you to just be so weird about this. It doesn't um, help that, like, Sherlock literally went up to John. And he was like, I need you. I forget what he said. Like, I admire you. Please, please don't make me think about it. I'll backslide. <laughs> literally, they knew what they were doing. They knew. Oh, it's they the same knew. thing in, like, season six of Supernatural. Season six? No, season eight of Supernatural when Castiel was taken over by Naomi and he's literally holding Dean in his hands, about to kill him. And then Dean is like, we need you. I need you. It's like- Please don't, don't mention this. I, I'm, I'm backsliding. No, you can't do this to me. I will say this. 
Um, as I have, I have been rewatching obviously Supernatural because I'm fucking crazy, Mm -hmm. and obviously I'm caught up on Doctor Who. I Doctor Who just finished its season uh, airing, and also if you know me and my in my Star Wars obsession, right? The the last, as far as we know, Thrawn book did just come out, and as we know, Thrawn is just (gasps) space Sherlock Holmes, and that's not me joking. Mm. Timothy Zahn did say it himself. He said it himself. He was asked. In an interview, what would what would Thrawn do if he didn't join the military? And he said, be a consulting detective. And I was like, that's right. Because mm-hmm. literally every single part of his story is a reference to Sherlock. It is just fan fiction. Right. Um, and the original Thrawn in like the Legends novels was very much like, what if he was in the military and he was kind of a Machiavellian villain? Um, and that he even has a villain in Legends whose name is Moriarty with just the letters oh. moved around. Oh, oh, yummy um, fuck. Yeah, so, and I have entered my Thrawn era. So I am currently in my Super Hulak era. Right. <laughs> and also, like, in the new canon, and you could argue in Legends as well, but in the new canon, he does have a character. Literally, they are in love. Like, literally, literally, it's even worse than Sherlock and John. It's worse um, of uh, an accidental gayness of his Watson character. And they're literally, literally there in love. Literally. Um, so when I tell you that I am firmly back in my super Hulak era, mm-hmm. it's just that the Sherlock is blue this time. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sherlock is uh, blue. We love that is. for you. He is also a war criminal, unfortunately. It happens. It, you know, it happens. And I think that, like, also when, like, um, Moffat, I don't know how to explain this, what is it with men and how like why can't y'all write women like it's not that's the perennial question <sighs> Moffat can write one woman he can write one woman and that's the woman who like gets left behind you know what i mean the woman who like gets left behind and has been waiting uh-huh. remember how girl in the fireplace and amy pond's story and then kind of clara's end up being the same fucking story he can write one woman just one one woman if you That's ask it. me to explain whatever is going on with Clara and Doctor Who. Literally, I have no fucking idea. And I watched it live as it happened. You just got to figure it out yourself because I can't tell you. That's I cannot help you. Stephen Moffat and God. <laughs> Honestly. And even God was looking at that you know like, what? sir, what is this? I was like, listen, I was there for, she was pretty. And then I was there for Peter Capaldi because he rocks. And Love other him. than that, I didn't know what the fuck was going on right um i do hate that like mary was turned into an assassin and stupid why why can't she just be his wife i think that moffat was like oh because women have to be strong (laughs) yeah she was ghastly you know i will say her being gaslight gatekeep girl boss watson (laughs) is mansplain manipulate male wife he He is. is he is to both to both her and Sherlock mm-hmm. so it's supposed to be like the reflection like he married sure like he married someone like I don't understand I don't know like the thing that made it worse was that the actress who plays Mary was Martin Freeman's wife and yeah. then she just got hate on also, the internet I just what? I just had the worst realization what? do you watch Rick and Morty okay no but you can go ahead and explain because I'll I'm pretty oh sure I understand God. what you mean for people who are listening, I did just realize the whole like Molly being turned into an assassin thing and like, oops, she was evil all along thing. It's literally the bird person and Tammy storyline. 
Mm-hmm. And the thought of Rick Sanchez being the Sherlock and Bird person being the Watson, and that's going to send me to a place. Um, Isn't Rick and Morty kind of based on Doctor Who? Uh, well, uh, more Back to the Future, but also Doctor Who. Um, okay. So, yeah. yeah. I always thought of it um, as like stoner Doctor Who. That's what I thought of it when I like heard people talk about the show. I was like, okay, yeah. It's like if you mixed like Back to the Future, Doctor Who, and Futurama. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And the thing about Rick and Morty is that, um, much like Super Hulak, the fans are horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, the show is actually quite good, which is okay. very unfortunate. Um, yeah. <laughs> um I I have done cosplay for Rick and Morty. I do like it, unfortunately. Okay. Um, unfortunately. But yeah, I, the cursed thought that did just come into my brain was mm-hmm. that Bird Person and Tammy are the Watson and Molly to Rick's Sherlock. Hate that! That's horrible. Please, oh, someone bully me for that. No. <laughs> I actually might get into Rick and Morty now that you've mentioned it. Because I've good. never... I honestly, when I saw it, I was like, this is a show for men. Like, I'm never that kind of person. I'm like, no, this is a guy show. Like, these are, this is for dudes. This is for the guys. The animation is ass. And literally, I'm like, I really had to be forced to watch it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was like, oh, this is unfortunately quite. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I like that. And I also, another thing about Sherlock, Moffat, let people die. Like, it's okay. Sometimes the story needs to end. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember when season four came out, people were like, is there going to be a season five? I was like, I hope not. This may work for Marvel now. End my fucking suffering. Please. Benedict Cumberbatch does not want to come back to this show. He does not want to grow his hair Please. out. He does not want to put on a wig. Martin Freeman does not care no more. His wife is tired. We're all like, y'all, y'all took out the very nice lady who was their landlord. I forgot her name, but she died. Why did she die? Why did she have to die? Be, be, it was a because it was a stupid show. It was a dumb show. It was a stupid show, and it was it had a very high production value, and mm-hmm. we were all bamboozled. Mm-hmm. And now we look back. I look back, and I'm like, oh, so and I was the clown. Yeah, send in the clowns. Yeah, I mean, I guess I got to put on the red nose and get into my little tiny car because fucking honk honk. And th- this has just become a Stephen Moffat hate hour, but like. <laughs> It's about eight hour. So like the tenant era had obviously already aired by the yeah. time that like Tumblr was in its heyday, whatever, and so it was very much the Stephen oh. Moffat era. And people were really obsessed, whatever. And I like, you know, I had just I was fresh off I was fresh off everything. Nine is my favorite doctor, actually. Yeah. And um although thirteen is gonna be a hard second. And um I I was like, I don't know what you people are seeing in the Stephen Moffat era because the flavor is just not there because yeah. I think a lot of people started with it and they had certain expectations and I was like yeah this is not this is not it yeah. um the weird like romance with Amy Pond now I think that was mostly just because the actors had chemistry which is I'm like well then the casting was wrong <laughs> yeah um <laughs> <laughs> was literally all that it was and um and then it got weird it got weird um and like that's and that's the thing like matt smith is a he was really good as a doctor too like they gave him they gave him a lot of mess to work with and he he put everything he had into it so i do want to say hand him that 
Matt Smith is my least favorite doctor. I Matt Smith is my least favorite actor, probably. Like my least favorite British actor. And I like, I don't know. Maybe no, it's not Tumblr. It's not Tumblr. Because here's the thing. Tumblr set up my expectations way too high. Because everybody was like, I love the Pondy. Yeah. I love the Ponds. I love Rory. I love Amy. I love Matt. Like that whole season with them. I was like, okay, maybe it'll be good. The second this man dropped from the sky is already eating custard with fish part. sticks. Like I was sitting here like, what's going on? This is your king? Is this your king? No, literally. I will say this. No, I will say literally, like, once we got to Capaldi's era, yes, it was still fucking Stephen Moffat. Yeah. But, like, we did start to engage a little bit with some of the lore of Doctor Who. We have Mm -hmm. the Master. We have, um, you know, Gallifrey. We have whatever. And I was like, okay, finally, we're we're reeling it in. We're we're doing... We're doing the things. You know, not... Yeah, we're doing the things, you know. We're going back to the source material. Reinventing, yeah, let's not keep reinventing the fucking wheel. And then, Please. you know, it was it was off and on how good it was. Um, mess. Um, but, uh, and that's also why I really like 13's era, because it's a good balance. Speak your fun little romp, and, like, we're digging in. Yeah. Um, her as a person and whatever. Um, I would just, I like, it kept getting more and more cinema. Again, the high production value, it really bamboozled us all. Yeah. I do have to say that um, I am also a fan of the Tenet era, but the Tenet era was also the time where, like, you wa- you're watching an episode and you just know somebody's going to die. And you just got to, like, you just got to prep yeah, that, yourself for that. That danger was out there. Yeah. There was that one with the ooh. I mean, there's a there's a lot about the behind the scenes of that era that's a little questionable also yeah. so that's why they're like hey russell t davies is coming back i'm like well i hope i hope that he wasn't the problem yeah yeah i know that people there was a lot going on during mm-hmm. that era that was not great yeah also i know that people are happy that russell t davis is coming back to Doctor Who, but i think that there is like this weird like oh our savior like no 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 the show is still going on. Yeah. And it is good. Let's talk about it. Y'all are too attached to the certain um, sci-fi to Doctor Who. Y'all are looking for the Matt Smith. Y'all are looking for certain Peter Capaldi vibes to it. Y'all want the Sleeping Angels back. Y'all want to be back in space. Y'all want to be stuck the in a corner. The have parties. They just haven't been paying attention. No, literally, I was like, and one of my friends on TikTok actually complained about this. Like, every time I make a fucking TikTok about Doctor Who currently, people are like, oh, I mean, the 13 is great, but, like, I don't really like the writing. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. I don't care. You know what? I really hate the Moffat era. But if I say that, people either mm-hmm. agree with me because I'm correct or the rest of everybody else is like, but what about blah, blah. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. It, it has, it's, it's, it's mediocre. It has some fucking phenomenal episodes that do make me cry. And I do love the performances in it overall, but mm-hmm. overall it is, it is not good. And every single person in it was underserved, especially Bill Potts, especially Peter, mm. uh, Peter Capaldi's doctor. And I'm just like, Hey, Hey, sorry, bestie. And like, I, the number one thing I hate with Doctor Who, I actually did just like rip apart an article for this. It's like people applying like auteur theory basically to Doctor Who. And I'm okay. like, this is your king? Like, what is like, why, why are theory? you like, 
that the, that the showrunner is like everything that like oh. it's that they're our savior that they're like that they're like the, this like creative almost idolatry mm. of the um of the showrunner right and i'm like because I, I brought this up when when they announced that Ross T. Davies was coming back, whatever. I was like, I'm very excited. I very much like the Tenon era. Nine specifically is my favorite doctor. And they when he brought back Doctor Who, he really put his whole everything into it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the BBC, for a dollar, name a non-white man. Uh, and Please. number two, and, and a non-white man who's not the same man you had before. Right. And number two, um, you know, his era was not perfect either. And you guys are just with rose-colored glasses because mm. you probably watched it when you were a teenager mm. on Tumblr. So, mm. like, shut the fuck up. Please. Please. Sorry. Because I, too, love Christopher Eccleston. And I really do hope at some point he does return to Doctor Who or he just returns to, like, anything. Like, literally anything. The last thing I have seen him in was in a Nazi love story called Where Hands Touch. And I don't want to see that movie again. So, sir... I need to talk to your agent and get you a Oh, he was. He's been in a lot of stuff. Okay, I haven't seen Leftovers. Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. What are you talking about? I haven't seen He was in a Marvel movie. He was in The Leftovers. Oh, he was in a Marvel movie. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, he he was in something recently. Um, Hold on. I need to have Google alerts for Christopher Eccleston now. (sighs) Oh, also, he did come back to Doctor Who. He did a radio, he did an audio drama or is doing an audio drama. Oh, interesting. And David Tennant is doing one as well. Yeah. David Tennant um, is doing an audio drama for Doctor Who? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, him and Catherine Tate, I believe. Um, what was I love Catherine Tate. I love her so much. Christopher Eggerston, um, obviously he was in Thor The Dark World, Doctor oh, Who. Oh, yeah. Um, what else have you been in? Not my favorite Marvel movie, but... Um, yeah, he was really done a disservice. Much like, um, Lee Pace, it's like, man, you really wasted mm-hmm. a great actor there mm-hmm. in Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done a lot of Shakespeare. Um, he's in something else. Uh, fucking- You're not crazy. Recently. Um, what's close to- what's the A word? I have no idea. I don't know. He's been in a bunch of shit. Uh, where- but you are correct. Where Hands Touch, um, <laughs> was after The Leftovers. Okay. I definitely yeah. have to watch The Leftovers then. So I could see my king once again. Yeah, I, love I mean, him. he was he was great in it. That show was crazy, but he was great in it. We'd love to see it. We would love to see it as well. And I also want to say, like with Doctor Who, I, it's this thing with fandom shows, of course, where people put so much stock into who is writing it and who is creating the show, and then also like depending on like the actors as well and. I like Doctor Who. I sincerely do. And I have my own reservations about like the recent seasons, but that doesn't mean that I'm taking it out on Jody or anything like that. You know, like with from season 10, I, I'm not going to lie, after I finished watching um, Matt Smith's era, like in the middle of his season with like Clara, I was kind of like, I'm done. I don't care about these two people. Y'all running around solving molders. I'm done. I'm over it. And then eventually I was Later. like, I need to get back into this because they have a female doctor and I need to know what's going on. And when I got into the season with Peter Capaldi and Bill Potts, I was like, this is good. This is good. Because Pearl Mackey, she really was bringing it. She really was putting her all into it. And every single episode she was in was tenacious and it was like I was like she was attentive like everything about her character was so wonderful and 
they had a fun little dynamic of WLW MLM hostility as yeah. well. <laughs> and I love that, like, not a lot of the episodes were, like, those episodes were, like, it's the end of the world and only one thing can save it. Like, I am so tired of seeing 10 of those episodes in a Doctor Who season. Not every single episode needs to be the apocalypse. Please. No, that is that is a Stephen Moffat thing. Mm. I don't know if that's also a BBC thing. Like, I I know it was a Stephen Moffat thing, but now like the show is increasingly not on at at all, and so they feel like they have these like big overarching story arcs. Mm -hmm. And probably for Chris Chibnall's era, like he probably had to like pitch an overall story arc or some. And I just keep thinking like, I kind of can, yeah. Um, um. And I just keep thinking, like, um, just like, I, I just keep, I, I would love to know what's going on behind the scenes. I know that making Doctor Who is incredibly difficult, and there is a lot of constraints, and I, pro- I feel like probably not what they probably would be ideal. Um, so like, I don't want to, I don't want to blame them too much, whatever. But like, there, I mean. For 13's era, there's a lot of, like, there's a big overarching story and it's the end of the world, whatever, and you're like, okay, but can we just, like, settle for a second? I, like, what I liked about 9's era, what I liked about 10's era, like, you really only get an ending story when it is his end, mm-hmm. is, like, they're just focused on who am I as a person now? And, oh my god, there's this threat, so I'm gonna deal with it. And then, wait, who am I? What am I doing? Who am I? And then, ooh, there's this thing, I'm gonna go save these people. And then, oh, who am I? Whatever. Oh, there's these people, blah, 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 blah. And then, oh, there's these little things that connected together. Like, we've never really get to sit with them as a person. Um, And with 13, I would like to, would have liked to see that more. But there's just not enough episodes. There's just not enough. It's hard to make a show about an alien that travels through time and space, eventually hopping to different planets, saving the world. And I think that one problem I have, like, especially, like, the showrunners in Doctor Who it's the same thing that happened, like, I don't remember exactly the year, but I remember Jason Bloom, he did an interview one time, it was with Polygon, and he said that there aren't a lot of female directors inclined to do horror movies. And then immediately the internet was like, that's wrong, because there are plenty of female directors out there, and I'm sure they would love to do horror films, it's just that they're not given the opportunities, the money, and, you know, they're not invited to do these things the same way other men are doing it, because directing is a male-dominated field, which is why I continually see first female director, first female writer, first female screenwriter, and all these award shows, and all these film festivals, and it's the same thing with these shows, especially sci-fi and fandom shows, where you're pitching constantly, constantly, the internet is like, please put Chloe Zhao, put Patty Jenkins, Ava DuVernay. Y'all need to learn more female directors. I need to say that right now. But there are so many women who write for TV, who are amazing actresses, who can run these shows that you love and make them interesting, give us awesome storylines, give us developed characters, and create these wonderful, wonderful seasons. But they're just not given the same opportunity or the people who are running these networks like the BBC don't even consider these people at all. Like when they were picking a new showrunner, they picked Chris Chibnall because he had written on Doctor Who before, but there were probably, there are probably so many other women that could possibly come in and be a showrunner for Doctor Who. But did that cross their mind? No, it didn't. 
And it probably would have been a good idea to bring in a woman to be a showrunner for the season when you have your first female doctor coming into your show. No, literally, that was my first thing. They were like, oh, a female doctor. And I was like, great. So you're going to have a female showrunner? No. Uh, so my my excitement is tempered by that. And people mm. were like, oh, I hope that the next doctor is a woman. And I hope that a woman of color. And I'm like, great. That means the showrunner also needs to be a woman of color. Because if it's a man or even a white woman, not okay. Nope. Nah. -uh. I do think that the next doctor will be a man. Because Russell T. Davis God, is coming back fuck. in. And they brought in that white guy to be the companion. Yeah, but like, yes. they were just like, we had to fill our quota. You know what I mean? No, I, mm. uh, we should talk about that actually. Like, <laughs> I don't know anything about that character because I haven't watched a new season, but like, he feels like- what I'm going to say. Okay. Dan is actually a wild and fun time. Like, Dan is like their straight friend that they bring along. It's very Okay. I, I love him. Okay. You're like, you know what? I, di I didn't want to like you, but right. you've grown on me. Okay. Um, but here's the thing. If they make the doctor a man again, I'm going to be like, I'm I'm mostly going to be mad for story reasons. Yeah. Because like, she just hasn't been able to sit with her identity and what that needs, whatever, for long enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, there might be some stupid little cheeky fucking thing. And then, you know, the, the stupid ass fans will think that they won mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. whatever. Um, I would be cool with the doctor going back to being a man maybe after like two regenerations or three or something like, like that's fine. I just think that, like if it's a one off, like it'll just feel like, here you go have fun and especially if it's like oh and we don't even get anything like between yaz and 13 or whatever like I, it'll also feel homophobic it, yeah. it'll feel homophobic in the way that loki was homophobic of like well you got your representation i'm like but was it though we like, can't talk about loki we can't it? talk about it. <laughs> it it would be like so so and i half of me is like i don't want a man writing a female doctor anymore but the mm. other piece of me is also, and also, like, they've established so much about her that, like, oh, she's had all this forgotten female identity. That's mm -hmm. the whole storyline for her, mm. is she's, she suddenly becomes a woman, then she has this whole storyline about all these forgotten female incarnations, about a mother, about all this kind of stuff. And you're like, it would be bonkers for the next incarnation to be a man. They even made the master a woman previously as, yeah. you know. Yeah. One could say that was foreshadowing. And the fact mm. they didn't bring Missy in when 13 is here, ridiculous, bad, stupid. Um, or River Michelle Song, Gomez. stupid, bad, dumb. Michelle Gomez, I don't know what you're doing, baby, but we need you. We need you. Like, literally. Also, what Stephen Moffat did in that episode, we had both the Sims master and Missy. The chair. He deserved the chair for that, for the, for the bastard being misogynist to himself. Yeah. I was like, the chair you deserve the chair right um but i i it'll be disappointing because it whatever and i just feel like you know some people have brought up like russell t davies like past very problematic writing but then other people be like but he proved quite a lot in those years whether that's he's worked with or whatever that means and we'll see um we'll see you know and obviously he's an openly queer person and whatever so i'm like here's my challenge here's my challenge to you doctor who if you make the doctor a man again you better make that man kiss many men on the mouth i wanted to piss off i i want a bait and switch is what i want i want the the men to be like we won we did it we we you know we got the doctor back whatever and then it'd be like psych <laughs> i mean to be fair he has kissed men on the mouth before to be fair but it's it seems like they forget that. Right. I want him to have a 
a rose level, frankly, a Yaz level. Uh, I want him to have a, a rose level romance with a man or multiple. I want, I want him to be like, be like, actually the doctor's a man now. And he has entered his, his gay slut era. Um, please bring I, our I king, want, bear I, man. I want you to make, please bring our king. Please bring him. He's not our king. King, actually he's a very problematic person oh. i would actually not like to bring him back oh uh, he's not uh i'm like when they brought jack back i was like oh i'm so excited however i do not like john berman as a person oh. um he's very problematic oh, okay. um it sucks it sucks because i love jack jack harkness but that's just why i'm like that is the price that is the price that you shall pay also mm. i would like him not to be white however if you have russell t davies writing him no, thank you. <laughs> so, so. I will also say, if you're going to so, make the. I'm just. If the next doctor is going to be a man, please let it be Alfred Enoch or Dev Patel. That's yeah, all I'm saying. Dev Patel. <laughs> or, this um, man... um, Raul Coley. Oh my God, the king. Oh uh, my God, I love I... him so much. Y'all, I know that he likes being like... a supporting character. We're done. We're done with that. Leave the American shows behind, sir. We're calling you. We're calling your name. Please answer the call. Okay, please. Yeah. Because Deb Patel has been playing a lot of like this, serious this, roles. This is my He's thing. like, I, he's he's in a new Christopher Nolan film too. He just got casted in one with, um um what's her name? Florence? Sir, it's time. It's time. Please. I'm just, I'm just saying, and I, and I get it. Like for any, like, especially for a woman of color, but even a man of color, like, I would not wish this fandom on them. Mm. Much like with Star Wars. I would not wish that. It's like, oh, do I want that? Yes. However, I would not wish that this fandom and that burden on the, on them, especially yeah. without the support of a team of creators of color behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very, I'm very conflicted. So yeah. that's my price. If we're losing 13, I, who I love very much, and we are replacing her with a man, and if we don't get to see her kiss Yaz on the mouth, mm. you better make her new male incarnation kiss a man on the mouth. That's the price. Otherwise, I will be sending angry letters to the BBC. Yeah. All right. So. Please. Anything else you'd like to add about Doctor Who? We just jump right from... Doctor Who all day. <laughs> I do want to say one thing about Doctor Who is that Moffat sometimes men don't know how to write women but sometimes they do and what i have to say is that river song um donna martha uh, rose clara amy bill missy like all of these different companions in yaz as well i may have forgotten someone and i'm sorry if i did but like all these amazing phenomenal women jackie as well i'm not forgetting jackie all right jackie you are valid as well these like funny smart dynamic like amazing different characters and wonderful actresses and wonderful women have been in doctor who and just blessed us with their absolute talent their gift their humor their sass like their like their personality like martha fully just doing whatever she wants and like i love her to death and I did feel for her a little bit because she was yearning for like the, you know, she was yearning for a little alien, you know, but like she chose herself in the end. And that's the only thing you can ask her to do. And I'm just so much about the show, especially like with Donna's ending, Donna and, and Bill's ending, like those two, 
that like that fury no. oh my gosh why all those rage I, I don't i try not to think about it too hard i can't See, i can't not like think about Finn. it that's my joker oh that's my what god turned me into the joker someone tell me why bill burr's character was literally in three episodes and he had a better arc than fit did in like three movies i i don't want to think about it <laughs> but also the reason for that is dave filoni um dave, dave knows how to also, Dave, can you please stop hiring transphobes, please? Please. Please, sir. Bro, y'all need to stop no. hiring people that are very problematic. I don't care if they're talented. We need new people. There are plenty of people on the cast of couch wanting to be in your Star Wars little show. You know what I mean? Like, post-production is about to end, and y'all are really trying my, y'all are really trying my patience. Like, you know I'm going to watch it. You know I'm going to be into it. You know that I'm going to love it. But the second these people get on the screen, I'm going to want to scream. I am going to want to rip my pillow in half. I You can't keep causing me all this pain. I'm in enough pain as it is watching the show. And then you're bringing me additional pain by putting these horrible people in here and having them have screen times in lines with people that I actually like. It's irritating. The The Ahsoka series is going to, it's going to hurt. The Ahsoka series, I'm going to be like, just grit your teeth and enjoy yourself. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm, a lot of i'm just like fine it's fine we'll just we'll just get through it we'll just get through it we'll just do it for sabine and um and we'll figure it out i guess yeah oh i did want to say um in regards to sherlock uh it was a pretty good adaptation for the books i did say but i think what was a better adaptation yeah. for modern sherlock was the show Elementary and CBS. And a lot of people discredit the show. Oh, and they we have the like same it. thought. <laughs> a lot of people didn't want to like the show when it was first announced because it's not in London, it's in New York. And Sherlock is like a recovering drug addict and Watson is a woman. And so people are like critiquing it and pulling it apart. But from the very first episode, I knew this show was top notch first of all you'll put lucy lou in the show and you knew that you knew you knew you'd be like okay i'll give it a chance y'all gotta try one of charlie's angels i'll give it a chance and it was a great show because um dang i forget the actor's name who plays sherlock but he was a really good actor he's very very talented and of course like if you guys haven't watched elementary on cbs basically it is the american retelling of sherlock where Watson is Sherlock's sober companion who is hired by his father to watch over him as he goes back to working with the NYPD. And of course it follows like the procedural kind of drama, the same with like House and Bones and like NCIS because that's in the CBS vein, but it has the Sherlock feel to it where the plots are kind of convoluted and there are plot twists and the deductions are interesting, but also his deductions are not too far off where it's crazy but you can kind of see where he's coming from and I feel like as I watched the show I picked up on the deductions too like I felt like I was learning something and Lucy Liu her Watson is so great because she is calm she is grounded Sherlock is kind of like all over the place a little sporadic like this dude will sit in a room with like 12 tv screens and they're all going at the same time and she walks in I like I truly think I truly think that not only the lack of the potential for a gay ship at the front, but also the fact that it was on broadcast television and also kind of a little bit before everything's Netflix. Mm -hmm. um, if it had been more accessible online, it, it would have been far more popular. Far more popular. Yeah, I saw it on Hulu. So that's how I watched the show. 
But Hulu was not as popular back in the day. Yeah. Like, everybody just had like Netflix. Maybe they had Hulu. And then mostly cable. Now it's like you got the infinity stones of streaming services. Yeah. But like, you know what I mean? I think um, that... Most people didn't have Hulu. Hulu's still not international. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Also with Hulu, not like with Hulu, but like with elementary, for the most part, because CBS is pretty good with like having on-air viewership like is one of those cbs is still one of those networks that can get people to watch the shows when they come on elementary still did pretty well because they had i think the first season had like a 10 million um audience viewership and then they had that episode after the super bowl that had 20 million viewership and they just kept it going because like lucy lou she is a 90s like icon and she is amazing she's a great actress and of course, like my critique of the show, the one critique I have the show is because, of course, she was underpaid. And that was brought up after like Steven Yun left The Walkie Dead with a lot of Asian actors coming forward talking about how they weren't fairly um, paid. That's because CBS for quite some time had quite a lot going on. Um, mm. For legal reasons, this is a joke. Um, mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm. I mean, people can look up I, during that entire time, they still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all in all, the show was pretty great. And the thing I loved most about Elementary was that I feel like Sherlock, the BBC Sherlock, the problem that they had was that Sherlock never learned from his mistakes. He never changed. He stayed the same, but they tried to make the show funny. And even though in season one and season two, there were some funny moments because Sherlock was weird. They tried too hard to make it humorous. You know, like when they brought Sherlock back, he brought up his, like, Watson's mustache, like, John's mustache, like, oh, he, you've changed, like, that's not funny, but the thing with, like, elementary on CBS is that, like, he is a recovering addict, and when you are in recovery, you have to change, you have to be different, things have to move forward in your life, and you have to learn from your mistakes, and also, Watson going from a sober companion to wanting to be a detective herself was so interesting and it was also interesting because she used to be a surgeon and we get to learn a lot about her backstory and her own family and we got to meet Sherlock's family and not in the way that you know Sherlock's family in in the BBC show because um his brother Mycroft was kind of like you know when like a show gets into like okay there's a problem in a show and it's like oh no there's no way out we don't know what to do who do we call it's like I got you it's just like that random thing that pops out of nowhere. Like, I got you. Castiel is it for Supernatural. And Minecraft, Minecraft was it for Sherlock. In elementary, it was sometimes Sherlock's dad. You know, like, they got him out of the trouble spots. But for the most part, like, they had to figure that stuff out on their own. And if they did have, like, a fallback plan, they would have to do something for the fallback plan to, like, put be put into work. And the thing I love about the show the most is that Sherlock and Watson are so different. They are completely different people, but they work together so well. And you see them grow and you watch Sherlock grow as a person and let people in and become like this really healed, great person. Another thing about TV shows, they are very bad at portraying mental illnesses and especially people who deal with addiction. And because the show went on for like seven seasons and because each season was like 20 episodes long, of course you could take the time to develop your characters and learn about them and their families and their past mistakes and that grows the show and that makes it better and you don't have this 
this quirky guy who is smarter than everyone else, thinks he's better than everyone else, he can solve a puzzle or solve a mystery in his head in the blink of an eye. You have someone who relies on other people to solve their crimes and also relies on his best friend. And at one point in elementary, Sherlock can't solve a mystery and Watson solves it all on her own because she is that girl. And also in elementary, Natalie Dormer plays Moriarty. And what you're not gonna tell me is that Natalie Dormer is not phenomenal. She is not that girl. Like, don't play with me. Tumblr caught on. Tumblr caught on when when she was cast. Like mm-hmm. that was when Tumblr was like, "Oh, you be watching this show?" But like yeah. Sherlock had already been around. Like, I'm telling you, it was it was too early for its time. Right. I don't know. Did they ever put Elementary on Netflix or no? No, it might be on Netflix and like sure... somewhere else, not in America. Yeah, I think now it's probably on Paramount Plus. But if it had ever hit Netflix, I think it would have had like a second. I think it would have had. A, a moment, a time. I think that um, I, um, I believe one of my first popular Tumblr posts was when I was a toxic Sherlock Stan, mm-hmm. um, in like the tenth grade or something, uh-huh. where I was arguing that the BBC Sherlock was better than uh, Elementary, having not seen Elementary, and uh, <laughs> as most people did. God. I was problematic. Please call me out. Um, <laughs> um, and I, I did start quite a ruckus because of that. Uh, but it is one of the first, my first popular pub. <laughs> we love that for you. I mean, now that we've learned, we've grown, we've made mistakes, and we acknowledge that we're gonna move forward. Because elementary on CBS, I think there are certain shows that do well when they actually air. And they don't really need like some shows need like the young people to back it up, you know. But some shows don't. And I feel like Elementary was that show where it's like it had enough of the older generation into it that it could keep it going. Cause seven seasons for a CBS show is really good. You know, like most procedurals go on for a while, but CBS and like a lot of networks like NBC, they will pump out new shows that have like interesting concepts and interesting ideas and they'll die after like a season or two or three. And then they gotta be put on Netflix and have a whole campaign to have them revived. But Elementary was like the one show that kept going and it ended on its own terms. Like I could say, I do think that the season seven was a little like cut short, but I feel like it ended in the way that like they wanted to end it. And just like, it wasn't, I was a little disappointed, but I was just mainly sad because it was ending. You know what I mean? And I still loved it. I love everything about it. And I love what like everyone brought to the table. And I need to look up this man's name so I can thank him for his service. Because I really did love this show. But I can't remember this man's name for the life, life of me. Lucy Liu is probably Johnny Lee Miller. That is such an American name. <laughs> Lucy Liu, Johnny Lee Miller, thank you for your service. Like, I did love this show. It, I, like, going through, like, seven seasons, I was like, I'm not going to finish the show. But then I got to season seven, I was like, damn, I'm really going to finish this show. And I did. And I loved it. Every every little bit of it. It was everything. Shout out to when network television actually is. It's rare. Right? Right? It is very rare. You're right. And also, Elementary is a show that I would have been into when I was younger. And I'm glad that I would have been into it because I don't think I was, like, cringed so hard watching it like there are certain shows i was into when i was younger that i wouldn't rewatch, like castle or like the mentalist but elementary you can stay 
And I think Elementary is one of those shows that was inspired by Sherlock that like did better. There are a lot of shows that are inspired by like fandom shows, I guess. And they try to like have their era, but they don't really like live up to it. You know, I think Good Omens is a good like follow up to Doctor Who. And yeah. I, I guess I guess I could also say that because like David Tennant is in the show, but it's good. Like it's so, mm, it's so good. I love it so much. I also love Michael Sheen. And he was in this show called The Prodigal Son on Fox and it was canceled after season two. And I'm very sad it was canceled because Prodigal Son, it's perfect for like the true crime girlies, you know? And like the super, it's so, gosh, this show was so, so good. I'm so sad it was canceled. It should have been giving it, it should have been given more time. And a lot of people like talked about like whether or not Doctor Who should have an American version. And I would like to argue that the show Timeless and NBC was something like the American version of Doctor Who, but not, you ah, know. That was another one, much like Sleepy Hollow, cut short. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And they gave it the movie to like end it. And I haven't seen the movie. I think I'm going to rewatch Timeless and then like kind of like see what I think about it and then watch the movie. Because I did like this show. Like it wasn't bad. Like it was, the writing was pretty okay. And the history was pretty good. They like actually like did like history history. Not like the Americanized history that you learn in school, but like the history you don't know. And they actually like taught you something. And it was interesting. And like, they kept it going. They kept it interesting. They kept it good. You know what I mean? But NBC just, just loves to kill anything that is not like Chicago Med, Chicago Fire. Chicago PD. Like, literally, if you're not a procedural, you don't get to be in the lineup. If you're not This Is Us, nope. get out of here. Sorry. Yep. There's no room for you in our lineup, babe. Sorry for that. All right. Well, it's time to go into our favorite, the star of the show. He- <laughs> he- he- um, <laughs> so, you can't have Super Hulak without the Super. And that's Supernatural. Supernatural was one of the longest running sci-fi television shows and it went on for 15 seasons. It starred Jerry Padalecki and Jensen Ackles and it was a show about two brothers that drove across America killing monsters, demons, and werewolves. Oh my! And trying to figure out the, you know, the secrets of heaven and hell, Leviathans, you know, how babies can change races and so on and so forth. And um, it's I will have to say, as someone who is deep into Supernatural fandom, every single day I log into Twitter, I see Misha Khan's trending, and I log right out. I I think I just saw a tweet that was like, does anybody else, when Supernatural is trending, be like, oh no, what happened now? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's never yeah, good. <laughs> it's not. I once, I literally, before we got on this, the Zoom call, Someone had tweeted out a picture, a Photoshop picture of Radio Company, which is Jensen Ackles' like rock band, with a horrible edit, Photoshop edit, with Jerry Padalecki in the middle, being like, Radio Company now becomes three. And I was like, y'all are doing too much. Y'all are doing the absolute most. And if you do not know, after Supernatural ended, um, Jensen Ackles' production company that he has with his wife bought the rights of Supernatural to make a prequel season series um, focused on Dean. And I think Dean and his dad's adventures hunting, I think. And they recently made Jerry Padalecki a producer on the show. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think he's actually a producer. I think they just bought him out. <laughs> they just gave him a cut. Because what, what do you have to say? What do you have to add to the show? 
It's literally not about you anymore. Sorry, babes. You got the happy ending and the new show. Like and the wig. The wig. No. Oh, my. Don't mention the wig. Don't mention oh, that. Boy. Let's get into it. Fifteen seasons. Fifteen motherfucking seasons. Girl, I why are you watch... doing why are you doing a podcast on every single episode? Every because episode? Because I have an illness. <laughs> Uh, well, we are we are trying to do two episodes per podcast episode. Um, uh-huh. The past, like two, uh. we haven't had time to like watch them. Um, yeah, we haven't had time to watch them. Um, you need to tap me in because I will talk about Supernatural for hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the pa- yeah, the past couple we haven't had time to watch two. Uh, or something so like we've done like one-offs but yeah the general vibe is we're gonna we're gonna keep it pushing uh, mm-hmm. with two um and the goal i think is you know once we finish the rewatch there then we'll rewatch something else um mm-hmm. to beat ourselves over the head with with a brick we love um, that but yeah that's the reason is so maybe i can understand the collective hallucination that i went through right um <laughs> What was it that possessed all of us to continue watching this show for, for 15 me, seasons? For me, I watched it the whole way through. I didn't stop. A lot of people stopped. I did. Yeah. For me, it was, I've invested this much time, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to give up now. Right. And then it became, you know, Destale's never going to happen, but if it did, I would want to be caught up. And then it did happen, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> can't even get into like individual seasons of the show we just need to talk about the overarching problems with the show first things first the writers very problematic the writers got me fucked up all right y'all are gonna have all these amazing strong phenomenal women in your show and then you do what you treat them as props and sex objects not as full characters why are there more redheads on the show than there are people of color that's another question i have what's going on because uh it's Y'all the CW. Can, we cannot get into the CW's problem with racism. We cannot do that today. We cannot do the that answer, today. The answer, this this discussion could be very short in that the answer to the reason of what the fuck is wrong with Supernatural is, it's the CW. <laughs> and also, like, all the other shows on the CW, like, Supernatural is, is it's the it girl. It's the one yeah. that, like, came over from the WB. Like, it, it's the one that has been there the whole time. Right. Like, it. It's the foundation for mm. all of the problems that others will have. Like, people are talking about Supercorp on Twitter right now and how obviously the ending of it was a queer bait, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, Supernatural walked. So all yeah. of these shows could run. Yes. Run right into the fire. Run right into the run, fire. Run right into a rusty nail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so upset that you are the host for this meeting because I would have kicked you out right then. I would have kicked you out right then. <laughs> I, I, the thing is, is that like, the thing we were already seeing this being repeated on Riverdale because the thing with Supernatural fans is like, oh, we're going to stick with Sam and Dean until the end because it's Sam and Dean. It's the story of Sam and Dean. And that's also the problem with Supernatural because so many fans and the writers could not allow anybody else to be to have like a little sliver of a moment a little sliver of the spotlight of like one little story arc like no people like charlie too much take her out people like joe and ellen too much take them out like you try to introduce anybody else literally at some point misha did not want to do the show anymore and the writers like please don't leave please don't go if you go they're going to hit us over the head with funko pops and we cannot take that like we can't do it please misha just stay 
And Misha was like, all right, I guess. Like, y'all did not pay this man enough to deal with the things that y'all are putting him through. Listen, all the actors on Supernatural are varying levels of problematic. Yeah. Um, Supernatural is the other side of the spectrum of Sherlock. In that mm. if you give them too much content, they never shut the fuck up. Um, the other thing with Supernatural is that, like, you have a show about hunting monsters, demons, angels. There is so much lore and mythology that was introduced in the beginning seasons of Supernatural. And y'all did not bring that into yeah. the later seasons. You just kept recycling the same no. stuff over and over again. Why are we still going through vampire hordes? Why are we still dealing with like? We need something new. Because what happened to the wing dingoes? Crash. Oh my gosh. It's like whenever Doctor Who brings back Weeping Angels, you're like, what was the reason? Let the Daleks die. What's the reason? Let the Daleks die. You know Leave what? I, I'm okay. I'm okay with the Daleks coming back because it's funny. Um, The Daleks and the Cybermen, you know, they're all reliable. They're always going to come back. Like, it's very funny. It's always like, oh, there they are again. You know what I mean? The Weeping Angels, it's like, this gets less novel every time you bring the shit back. No, no listen, more. Listen, somebody, y'all need to bring back the Ood in Doctor Who. They did. I mean, they did. They did. They did. This recent episode. Oh, okay. Well then, Team. all right. They did. Yeah. And another thing, like, this is something, because I was deep in Supernatural, like, fandom, because I did stop watching Supernatural in season 12, because I was kind of like, ah, y'all brought back his mom? I don't want to do this no more. Y'all, y'all getting too, y'all are doing too much now. Like, we're having too... It's too loose. There are no rules. It's too loose. Dean literally tried to make out with God's sister. Why does he have a sister? I don't know. We had to bring in another woman to be the villain and die at the end of the season again, as if we haven't done that a hundred times before. Like, you literally did that in the season before with Abaddon. So, are you not tired? What's going on? So, I left... Like, I kind of left, and then they said, like, it was ending with season 15, and I was like... Well, I mean, I guess I gotta rewatch it now. I don't know. And then they brought in Jack, the little boy, the 21-year-old actor who's playing a two-year-old person who looks like he's 17. Okay, cool. Okay, Cassio's a father now. What, Interesting. What? I like Jack. I like Jack. I, I think he was a good addition. It, it, he, he helped mature the characters a little bit. I they couldn't that... decide what they wanted with him for a while, though, which like... sucks. I but... didn't like him because I think I liked the actor, Alex, because it was one of the only times where like a new actor joined the cast and we did find out something absolutely horrible about him. Like he was actually like a pretty okay guy. I was like, you know what? This He can stay. He's He can stay. You know what I mean? But um, I don't know because there's also this thing in the Supernatural fandom where fans wanted the writers to rewatch the show. And I don't think it was a thing of like, they want like they want the purity of the show it's just like y'all need some new ideas and if you just rewatch some episodes it might bring a spark you know and i was thinking the same thing because i do think that like season 13 of supernatural was probably one of the better seasons and i did like season 12 as well because i don't even remember what what happened (laughs) in each one of those which one was that one season 13 where jack was like fully born and then the angels and demons are like oh god yeah, yeah, and the season before that was, like, a kind of awkward, like, anti-choice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was very, I was like, mm, this is very cringe. There were some good episodes <laughs> of season 12. Like, they brought in, like, those twin witches. Like, the two actors that played those twin witches, they were actually, they're actually, like, really good actors. And they're very interesting. Like, one of the actors, his name's Kendrick Sampson, and he was in Insecure. And he was in some other stuff. And he was, like, a really good, pretty good, like, fit for the show. 
for a minute but it's like I think season 12 was like that season where like we're bringing in some new ideas are we gonna follow through with them who knows you know what I mean and also season 13 it's supernatural the answer yeah. is no and also season 13 brought in the wayward sisters which is the one the one spinoff y'all should have pushed just a little bit harder just a little bit harder like hey jensen hey jensen you know a supernatural show you should have picked up that one that one yeah now y'all got now y'all got our girl um kim doing tiktok lives talking to people about cody and whether or not she talks to dylan and cole sprouse i I don't care if she does I don't care if she does. I want the Wayward Sisters. I know that our girl Kathleen is out here being a movie star and being in every single Netflix show there is. And I know like like Claire, she's like, you know, Kathleen played Claire. Every single actress who was supposed to be a Wayward Sisters, like the younger ones, they're all booked and busy. Like I think one of them is in a, a Apple TV show and she's starring alongside Jason Momoa. And another one of them is in like a really popular comedy show. Like, they're all very successful and they're all doing well, but I still want Wayward Sisters. Like, I still... It was a cool <sighs> concept. It would have been a very good way to be like, yeah, we're going to wrap up the Winchester story, but we're going to gain uh, the same themes and yeah. the same thing with characters. I was like, yes, that's a great way to go on. Like, whatever. And they were like, ha no. And it would have been like a perfect way if you ended the show to keep the actors in the show, continue it on, because they could have just popped up in the show. They just could have mm-hmm. continued the story. And it would have been a mm-hmm. better way to say goodbye to Dean and to mourn his death rather than us going through the stupid montage. Dean shouldn't have fucking died either. But and we, I, I'll say this. I will give them this grace. Mm-hmm. We know that the ending that we got is not the one that they planned. And because of COVID, you know, they just had to do it or whatever. But it doesn't make me sad because I'm like, I wish they could have just then just wait. I would have been like, fine, let's just wait. And I know that that's not possible. But then I wish they just would have waited to finish it. Um, You know, it's it's a movie event at the Mm -hmm. end. You know what I mean? Like, it just, I would have been cool with that. I think, you know, it, it wasn't. And I understand, like, it, we we were in a part, a place societally where we, we didn't see an, a light at the end of the tunnel. So mm-hmm. there was no really planning for that. Like, we didn't know when the vaccine was going to come. It wasn't going to come until, you know, the first one wasn't even approved until, like, December 2020. Mm-hmm. And they were filming it back in spring, like, you know, right when kind of shut down 2020. So, like... <sighs> What is more supernatural than the ending getting fucked up by a major whirlwind? <laughs> you the super- even the Winchester's could have solved the pandemic. And they wouldn't have even solved it. Castiel would yeah. have solved it. And they would have taken the credit. Yeah. Now you're just sad. <laughs> it's going <be> sad. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about Super Hulak. Did you expect this to be a fun, happy, like, good true. time? Yeah. That's true. That's true. Oh, sorry. My camera, like, went blurry. So I was oh, just like, yeah. focus, focus. Yeah. I I do have to say I really do wish that Wayward Sisters happened because I feel like it would have been a perfect way to like bring back some old characters that didn't come back in the final season and to bring in some new ideas and to bring in some new monsters yep. and you know bring the girls back together and just also another thing is that like majority of the Supernatural fan base are women as many of these fan bases are and I know that like there have been times where showrunners want to be funny and say things like, oh, the reason why women watch our show is because the actors are so hot. That's not it. We like TV. 
we like interesting plots we like television women do not watch men on tv just so we can you know dream about them being our baby daddies or like write our names with their last names that's not it all right i like supernatural for the brotherhood the camaraderie i like the show i like the plot of the show and i also like misha collins okay he's an okay guy all right i like the show and i would have loved it if wayward sisters had happened so that there could be that sisterhood and we could continue the family aspect of the show. It didn't have to be about the Winchesters. Supernatural is not only about the Winchesters because if Supernatural were only about the Winchesters, there would be nobody else within the cast. That's simply it. The show is about family. And when you are neglecting other actors and other storylines to boost up these white men at the lead of your show, I understand, but they do not make your show what it is. Also, the fans make your show what it is, because after y'all killed off Charlie, y'all got real scared of y'all by Comic-Con. Hmm. All right? Hmm. And you should be lucky that y'all didn't show up at Comic-Con after the end of Supernatural. But the conventions happening after the end have been a shit show in themselves, to say the least. Sometimes y'all need to shut up. Sometimes y'all don't need to say anything. Sometimes- Sometimes be silent. Please. Sometimes the best thing to say is nothing. All right. Girl, you're muted. What were you saying? Oh, sorry. I was like, <laughs> saying, could you imagine if they just shut up? Imagine. Imagine. A good idea would be to log off, Jared. I'm looking at you. The funniest thing that Jared has ever done was share a book, a list of books to read on racism during the Black Lives Matter movie. Like, oh books. Oh. Sir, how much is your house? How much is your mortgage? Like, oh boy no 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 don't don't this is why i don't pay attention to supernatural fandom like like you know i'm in like star wars fandom i'm in the shits i know things whatever supernatural i've been a fan i know the sacred texts i have Mm. been in in tumblr fandom whatever but i have not been like supernatural fandom like that i have avoided like the plate yeah I, i i shall not be participating sorry like i i have been doxxed because of star wars but i won't touch oh, supernatural gosh. with a 10-foot pole <laughs> bro like oh. star wars i'm like i'm like let's go Let, like fine whatever supernatural i'm like you could not pay me enough with supernatural i was into it for a while and not really like into it so deeply that like i was really like a part i was a part of the fandom but like i always make sure to keep my distance because as much as i love the show and i love some of the fans i know a few of the fans are kind of like they scared of the melanin you know and i didn't need y'all don't want the smoke that's all i had to say y'all don't want the smoke and with tiktok i found a resurgence of other black fans who like supernatural but didn't like the fandom or some of the writing and i feel seen in that sort of medium because i like the fact that like tiktok has introduced me to like specific people who have like made fun of the show even though they liked it and they liked watching it there are certain parts of it that were just like not good like Raphael and like billy who was a really good character in the show but was just underutilized oh my gosh i'm so glad they i'm i'm so glad they brought her back because they killed her off real quick she was very funky fresh i loved her yeah she was cool also the actress who plays billy is actually like a very good actress like um girl boss moment yeah um, we love a girl boss in star wars yeah star wars supernatural <laughs> Oof, i'm having a moment <laughs> it's okay also rowena she was a really good character for a while a girl boss Mm-hmm. Yes, the girl boss of hell. We love to see it. Gosh. 
Oh, also Mary. I think that like I don't know. I feel like a lot of that fans. Was a lot. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Mary. I didn't. I didn't mind that they brought her back. It just wasn't well. I think that they were trying to go for like this was your idealized version of your mom, but you didn't really know her as a person. So of course she wouldn't know how to be a mother to you because you just like yanked her out of heaven because you have some issues as you do resolve that was an interesting concept except for that like she wasn't a regular on the show so they would just be like oh she's like off a thing and then mm-hmm. she'd come back and she's whatever and i was like why the fuck isn't she here this is stupid it was just like when castiel wasn't a regular so he would just like disappear randomly and you're like wait this doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. there were some interesting things in the show like when that there was an angel hannah that was like castiel's like bestie but not really like besties and then the angel came back as like a guy it's like oh that's kind of like cool we could like explore that a little bit and then they completely forgot about it just brushed past it that's supernatural for you <sighs> yep oh also with amy pond that one monster that jared not jared sam didn't kill he let her live and then Dean went back. Did you say Amy Pond? That was the character's name. Oh my the god, I forgot name about literally... that. Oh my god, I forgot. I Jesus Christ, I fucking forgot about that. And y'all forgot about his her son too, because the son saw Dean kill his mom, and the son was like, "I'm coming back for you." And Dean was like, "I'll be oh waiting." Oh god, I forgot. He should have killed the kid. Damn. I know that's harsh, but like, y'all remember when Sam killed Dean's daughter? Oh yeah. Yeah. Man, that was fucked up. <laughs> I mean, every time Supernatural's like, hey, remember when this happened? Damn, that was pretty fucked up. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember yeah. the racist truck episode? The fuck was that? Girl. What was that? Y'all remember when Dean had a, a black girlfriend? Like the second episode? I, I mean. And then we never saw her again. Never talked about her. What happened there? Never explored that again. Do y'all Absurd. remember? Do you remember when the psychic Mississippi, who was played by a critically acclaimed award-winning actress, was on the show? They yes. brought her back, killed her off, and then her daughter came on the show, and then she was brought up back for two more episodes. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, all right. You literally locked down one of the most prominent Black actresses for your stupid little show, and you killed her off in the first 10 minutes supernatural could i get a funeral can i get a cry can i get a whimper makes literally the most puzzling fucking choice so constant and then you're just like watch who knows so anyway (sighs) the show puts their lead white actors and characters in front of literally anybody else every single time for the plot and each time it it is a detriment to your plot it's boring it's tired it's it's just unoriginal and for people to say like oh the show's going on so long because it's good no the show's going on so long because y'all are still watching it and i don't know why i i i pirate (laughs) but i listen i had a cable password but and i had an ad blocker but it would still like not work with Mm. my ad blocker so i usually fired it anyway (laughs) ethical consumption i mean we love to see it yes I, all in all, I was a Supernatural fan, and now I'm a Supernatural hater. I'm anti-Supernatural. Is it being a Supernatural fan being a hater? That's what it's about. I mean, it's the same with being a Star Wars fan. It's being very adept in being a hater. It's like, do you enjoy, do I enjoy Supernatural? That's questionable. 
Right. Am I still here? Yeah. Like, of course, there are the good episodes, like the mystery spot. Do I care spot. a lot about these characters? <sighs> Unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately, yeah, that's, yes. that's why we named our podcast after it, because much like Sam Winchester, um, we're stuck at the mystery spot forever in a recursive loop, having to rewatch Supernatural. Stuck in super hell, if you will. Um, <laughs> that's why we named it the mystery spot. Um, Tuesday, picking a poke, man. Oh, Lord, I'm regressing. Um, need just, there, there was, there's so much potential. There's so much potential for that show. They were good episodes and they were really bad episodes. Really? And it, it, and I think that's the thing is there was no middle ground. Like it was either really good or like, what the fuck? Terrible. And not much in between. And most of the stuff in between was just like the same thing that happened last week. Like, over and over. Please stop giving me Monster of the Week episodes. Like, we're trying to figure out how to kill God, and the next episode is about some high school being haunted by ghouls. I don't care. You know what? I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I'm all right. You know, you gotta, no, no, you gotta no, no, have no, no. spice. No, I want Apocalypse every single week or not at all. All right, Super I mean, you stop playing around with me. the opposite of Doctor Who. Yes, the opposite of Doctor Who. Because <laughs> Doctor Who was doing it too much, and they were having fun with it, and I was getting tired. But with Supernatural, it was just, like, not enough. They spaced it out too much, and they give you, like, a little bone, and the bone is dead. It's dry. It's nothing. Like, you only stop doing this to me. Somebody on, t- somebody on TikTok, um, what's on the screen is just a, is just a suggestion, just a jumping off. Those are just the little the little characters. The real show is what in my mind and on it, and I'm like, oh, mm. so true, bestie. Yeah, right. So true. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, if you want to live your life like that i support it 100 percent. i think the best show to proceed supernatural was winona earp and i remember like you were talking about how like the expanse on sci-fi how like a lot of shows of sci-fi do get canceled Ugh. and winona earp was one of them but it was brought back thankfully and i think that if you are a supernatural fan you should watch winona earp it's a show about this girl her name's winona and her father is like a very famous demon hunter and at the age of 27 she is bestowed upon the duty the name of being the demon hunter the hbic you know what i mean and it's a great show it has you know romance women love women you know we love that and it's funny it's interesting it's western it's so good and it has like it has the you know the magical gun that can kill anything you know the cult so to speak and the chosen one trope as well yeah and romances with unearthly creatures as well it has the supernatural formula and the aspects and the elements but it's better it's better and also i haven't seen the the most recent season but it's very very good and i like it a lot and i think it does better with the diversity you know what i mean or at least they attempt to do better with diversity and you can see that they're trying and i appreciate that so if you did like if you didn't like supernatural you will like why on arp you will love it you will appreciate it and i feel like for those who are disappointed with the fact that we were sisters did not happen why on arp is the show for you so i highly recommend everyone go watch it especially yeah, you i remember I remember the fandom being for that one as well. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, I shall not be touched. Oh, I've been scared away by it for too much. Claudia, you did yourself at the end of your sentence. Oh, fuck. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I said I've been scared away by, I've just been scared away by too many fandoms. You know what I mean? So. You have to go watch Winona Earp. You have to watch it. This, this podcast was a long con to try and get you to watch Winona Earp. 
It's very good. It's on Netflix. I, I've been trying not to start any new shows because right. I have so much of uh, Star Wars can't catch up on that I'm like, mm-hmm. no, gotta stay focused. <laughs> it's about drive. It's about power. We stay hungry. We devour. Put in the work. <laughs> Other than like the Marvel shows coming out and stuff like yeah. that, like which are, are already, I guess, a series. You know what I mean? Like I'm not starting any new. Mm-hmm. um or any like i'm just watching shows that are like i was already watching i'm not starting mm-hmm. anything new. i started watching the wheel of time because my parents wanted to watch it um and i was like not to say that good or bad um i i was like oh maybe i want to read the books first uh whatever but um i was like no i can't get into another i can't um you have to get it to i know an herb it's so good it's so fine. good <laughs> All right. Yes. I will consider it. I I have so many things. Consider. I will consider it. Okay. I'll just start making TikToks about Winona Earp to pressure you into watching it. I I will not be starting any new TV for a very long time because I got, I still got a lot of books and comics to catch up on. I got a lot. It's about drive. It's about power. power. We stay hungry. We devour. Um, Do you have a show that you like that's kind of like Supernatural or like, I don't know, Doctor Who? like Supernatural? that's something i don't know that's good it's actually good i don't know um it could be bad i, I mean i i like doctor who i think it's yeah. a good show i do too i think I it's like good it. yes it's good and it makes me cry and like all of, if we're gonna like you know if we're gonna the tldr of super who lock is that the only good show is doctor who <laughs> And I think that's why this is the one that a lot of people start with. Yes, mm-hmm. it varies in quality, whatever, but it is actually good. And it's um, still here. It's good television. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it's still around, you know, finally evil is defeated of Supernatural, <laughs> not for long. Right. Um, oh, I don't think the yeah, prequel is going to last long, to be honest. Like, the prequel, I don't... You say I that don't... now. You say that now. I, I don't understand how you can do a show for 15 years. And then just jump right back into it. Like, y'all don't want to take a break. Y'all don't want to try something new. Y'all want to do something different. Like, he literally has I mean, a TV show and a movie coming out, And you out would do too. it, too, for a check. I probably would it, And you would honest. do it, too, for a check. If I had to work with Jerry Padalecki, no, no. How are you going to create a new show about a TV show and then not block this guy and everything? Like, also, why would you do that? And you know you're going to do conventions with him. Like, y'all know how he is. Y'all know how he is. He is so... Jared is very... Um, I don't want to downplay his mental illness issues, but he feels very much like that kid Or like, if everybody gets a juice box, you have to give him a juice box and a cookie. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I understand, like, he wanted to finish Dean's story the way he wanted to do it. And maybe he thought that Jared would understand. And I think if you work with someone for over 10 years, you'd probably know them better than that. You know what I mean? And the fact that they didn't talk ever since the show ended, that gave, that was it for me. That was, that was it for me. That was it for me. And Misha's over making his little food network show, living his life. I've as so should. many questions about that man. Misha? I, I did meet him once. Mm-hmm. Um, I did meet him once and, uh, just Misha Collins, I, you puzzle me. You're a, you're a puzzling man. You're He's a puzzling, a puzzling man. man. How so? You need to explain. I'm curious. I mean, every single, every single one, mm-hmm. every single one of cast members is just fucking puzzling. I'm like, why? Why do you say the things you say? Mm. So. I do remember when he made that tweet about the Romans. That was very much something he should have kept in the drafts. But I feel like he's grown. He's different. We can only I hope. Mean, we can only hope and pray. I he's, mean. He's okay. Yeah. He's a little, a little bit. I'm okay with Jensen because he only logs in when he has to be like, hey guys. I'm doing this thing all right cool bye like he's like 
here's my beer, here's my music, here are my kids. And that's it. I don't know what Jerry's up to and I don't care. Like, he's still on his little CW show. I hope he's having fun. Oh, the CW. One day. One day, we will end your reign. Also, I feel like Riverdale is getting the supernatural thing where, like, each season, the writers oh, just Riverdale. go in. The, the writers just going off, but Riverdale doesn't have the same fans. Riverdale doesn't have the same grace as Supernatural did Riverdale. because Supernatural had been on for so long and the fans just didn't care at some point. The newer fans did, but the older fans didn't really care. And with Riverdale, it was like, I never like Riverdale. I'm going to say that right now, and I'm proud of that. I never like Riverdale. I always knew it was bad, but there are people who stuck around for the long haul, and I was like, y'all are so disappointed. Don't y'all feel stupid? Aren't you not embarrassed? Are you not embarrassed? <laughs> are you not embarrassed? Are you not embarrassed? This is embarrassing. Embarrassing. <gasps> yes. Oh, another show that I really liked that um, I think is British is a show called Crazy Head. It starred uh, Kara Theobald and Susan Wokama. Susan was in Chewing Gum, which I loved. I love that show, Chewing Gum. And it was a show about these oh, two. Oh, I heard good things. Yeah. About Chewing Gum or about Crazy Head? Uh, chewing Gum. Yes. I did love Chewing Gum and I'm sad that it ended so quickly. I think it was a really, really good show. But Crazy Head was also a really awesome show. And it it was canceled after like one season, which really sucks because it had six episodes and it really had like a lot of potential. It was about these two girls. One of the women has like psychological problems where she thinks she sees like ghouls and ghosts. And then she meets another girl who was played by Susan Wilkema, who's like, oh no, those are real. Like your mental illness, like you have that, but also those things are real. And they have to like fight the ghouls and ghosts and like keep, you know, like one woman is like a self-made demon hunter. The other one is just like, it's a very dysfunctional relationship. And it's very cute because they're in their early twenties. They're trying to juggle life and like relationships and also trying to like kill demons. And I feel like if they gave it like another seven seasons, like, like that's a show that needed a supernatural treatment because there was so much potential in that show. There's so much potential. No show is ever going to get the supernatural. Like I, I said before, like supernatural is, it it is the end of an era Mm. of, you know, a broadcast tea. Like there's a lot of stuff that there's just, nothing's going to be on for that long. Really an era. Um, and we're just not going to see stuff like that. Um, which is sad, but also Mm -hmm. like something long as well. Yeah. I do miss another show that I really liked that was kind of like Supernatural was a show on NBC called Midnight Texas. And it was like this little town in Texas where like the Supernatural awaken and things happen. And the guy who was the main character, I think he's like one of those actors who usually plays like the hot boyfriend you see like in a TV show or in a movie. And it's like a one-off character, but like this is his first leading role. And he's like this guy who can like see these things. And he moves into this town. And it's all like mediums and psychics. It's such a good show. It was such a good show. It had two seasons. It deserved more. And a lot of the actors are like obviously like actors from like possibly like Lifetime movies, you know, because it's like the acting choices that they were making. But it worked well with the script. And it was giving us like supernatural and like soap opera, but like also mystery. It was the dynamics were everything. I miss that show so much. It was so good. And I'm very sad that it got canceled. But NBC, like 
they do not like experimental things. And also they gave it like the midnight slot. So they were just like waiting for it to fail. Like it was a really good show. Hit with like trend on Twitter and had like a lot of people interested in it for a while. But they moved it because Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD. And then they just like let it die. Something about how much, like how much, how many stories or whatever. I get frustrated. I get so frustrated. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. It's... It is irritating. It is not fair. Um, I'm so sad. Hmm. But I feel that we have, we're reaching the end. And I think we're going to go into the Al Pass segment. Unless there's anything else you'd like to bring up about Super Hulak and uh, excuse me, anything about those I'm shows. Good. Yeah. I do want to say um, when we reach our, when we get into our older age and y'all want to start doing reboots, y'all better let Sherlock die. All right. Don't, Unless, don't even speak that into fucking existence. <laughs> Just be quiet. Just be quiet. Just be quiet. I have said nothing. I have said nothing and I shall say nothing. But we're moving on to the I'll Pass segment of the podcast where we talk about movies and TV shows that we're going to pass on or news in the film industry that we would like to talk about that is complete other trash. Uh, Claudia, would you like to go first with anything we'll pass on? Anything that I will pass on? Well, we did get the announcement today that um, the Cowboy Bebop live action was canceled, so yeah. bullying works. <laughs> bullying works. Yep. Um, very sad for John Cho, though. Yes. Um, what is something out that I'm, like, hard pass? I think John Cho will be fine, though. Like, he, oh. he's oh, so amazing. I yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping the best for him. Yeah. My hard pass is the uh the Star Wars Eclipse game that they just announced. Super excited about a game in the High Republic. Mm-hmm. Not excited that it's from Quantum Dream. Quantum, uh-huh. Quantum. I can't fucking speak today. <sighs> Say that again. Very excited. Um mm-hmm. for a game in the High Republic. Um not excited that it's from Quantic Dream which is a very problematic game studio and mm-hmm. the head of has said many bad things granted there are not many game studios that don't have shit like that but yeah they have a history of shittiness i'm not mm-hmm. an expert on it i am not a gamer mm-hmm. um my co-host actually talked about it um a lot but i watched the cinematic trailer and i was like wow ooh, a star war and i was like oh where's this gonna fit in the high republic because i've been reading all the books and the comics um and then i was like screw foot on the brake um because the High Republic is, like, it's been the most diverse era of Star Wars. Like, it's, it's, the authors have done, put in such a, a lot amount of work or whatever. And then to give it to this, like, extremely problematic, um, this very problematic, um, fucking dev studio. I'm like, so anyways, um, piracy is ethical. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It is. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel that. And. Uh, one thing I'm going to pass on this week um, is this movie coming out. It's not out yet. It's supposed to come out in 2022. It stars Karen Gillum. And I found this movie out while I was doing my Doctor Who research. Um, it's called Dual. It's like D-U-A-L. So like duality. It's a movie about a woman who gets a terminal diagnosis. And so she opts into, there's no real explanation to how this happens because the movie's not out yet there's not even a trailer for her yet but essentially she creates a clone of herself so that her family can mourn her passing but it turns out she recovers from the illness and now there's a fight to the death as to which person gets to stay with the family and it's giving me living with yourself vibes on netflix and 
I don't want it. I don't know what it is about y'all and clones, but I, I don't, I like, why? Why does there need to be more of you? Why does she need to be more than one? What, what, what is the it? reason? What is the clone thing? Like out of all the sci-fi things y'all can pick that could possibly be realistic, clones is the last thing I think will happen. You're trying to be orphan black and nobody's going to be orphan black. Tatiana Maslany is laughing at y'all. She's laughing. She's cackling. She's cackling. She did the show and the audiobook. Y'all can never. Y'all cannot compete. It's like she's doing, she did that and she's doing She-Hulk. It's like she looks at that when she wakes up in the morning and I know she feels a little pep in her step. Mm. Yeah, I know she does. Because Orphan Black, that was a moment. That truly was a moment. The moment, the icon. Oh, she really was playing five different people. I truly did think that there it was not just her. Because the way she was killing it with like Allison and then, oh gosh, everything about it. Everything about Orphan Black was so good. Yes. And also, I know that this is speculation. So this may not be true. This may be rumors. But I want to talk about it anyways. Um, Letitia Wright is not vaccinated. Oh, <laughs> As we all know, May Chadwick both with rest in peace. Black Panther, um, Wakanda Forever is set to finish wrapping. Was set to finish wrapping January 2022. However, it has been pushed back due to the unknown status and unconfirmed status of Letitia Wright's vaccination. And also it's possible that she had an injury on set and it was just minor, but it's bringing her more health problems. So there is a possibility that she is not continuing on in the MCU or she will be recast. I don't know. I don't have any sources. I read this off the internet. Uh, you know, don't give me like a variety. I'm just saying. People are speculating as to what's going to go on, what's happening. And I just want to say, if you are going to fumble a Marvel bag. Mm. Literally, I was like, how do you mess this up for yourself so badly? It's just a shot. Why? What it's, was the reason? It's literally just a shot. Why? You were in two of the highest grossing films in the in history. And you don't want to be in the second one because you don't want a needle in your arm. Like, this is simply a job. You gotta stop. Please stop. Please stop. Please get it together. You know what I mean? Ah. Yeah. Yep. Like, yep. That's simply it. And of course, a lot of people came, like, thought that possibly Sherry would perhaps take on the mantle of Black Panther. But since Letitia may not be continuing on in the MCU, people are speculating that's gonna be M'Baku. Um, I don't know who it could be next. But what I do know is that Wakanda Forever needs to come out at some point because uh, Ryan, sir, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I've been waiting very patiently, but I cannot wait any longer. Because if I gotta keep waiting on somebody <sighs> who does not want to get a shot, you are not five years old. We are grown. We are adults. Don't play with me. All right. I just how do you mess this up for yourself so bad? Like, also, I mean, we know the reason, but like, what was the reason? Also, if you leave the MCU. Like, she's not going to leave on her own accord. You are being stubborn, and you are not listening yeah. to... This is the MCU, baby. After this, it is straight to demand and TV movies for you. And I do not want that for you, Letitia. Like, I don't want that for you. You are too talented for this. You're too smart for this. This don't make no sense. Like, there have been a lot of rumors going on, a lot of speculation going on. But at this point, you got to buck up and just let it happen. Like, you gotta get over yourself. You know what I mean? And I understand, like, some people might be like, it's her, right? Like, she was just, wait. And this isn't, like, the whole thing with the vaccinations, like, the pandemic and, like, COVID and, like, the vaccines. 
girl, look at me when I say this. Stop playing around, all right? Because at some point or another, you're going to get sick or you're just going to, like, what is it? What, what's the dealio? Do you want the ingredients list on the vaccine? Like, what is it? Please. It's do we just have, like, do we have to invite you to the White House too? Like, what's going on? What was the reason? There's no reason. What was the reason? There's no reason at all. You're, you're what causing, all, you're causing all this trouble for what? I know Angela Bassett is sitting on set just pissed. I know she is annoyed. I know she is tired. And I know for certain Yashidi Wright is in her dorm room and she's on the call with Marvel right now. She's like, got you. Yeah, 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 I got my bags back. Yeah, 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 yeah. She already got your lines memorized. She got this costume fitted. She remembers everything. She knows it all. She got the jokes done and everything, all right? We know when y'all turn the corner of the spaceship and Okuya tries to say something, she's gonna be like, you're done. You're, you're done, all right? You're done. You're done. You're done. You're done. All right? Kevin Feige being like, you're done. Mm-hmm. You're done. You're done. You're, you're done done. You're done done. Yeah. Hmm. I hate it here. <laughs> Gosh. And also they're filming in Atlanta. This is just, it makes it worse. Because Atlanta, people in Atlanta do not care. Oh, no. People in Atlanta do not care. It's oh, no. so horrible. It's so terrible. Yeah. What else was I going to talk about? Oh, yeah. Rust. So, recently, Alec Baldwin posted a letter from crew members on the film side for the movie Rust. If you don't know what happened, um, earlier in the year, uh, there was an incident on a movie set for the film Rust, where a very phenomenal cinematographer, uh, Miss Hudson, Hudsman, I believe is her name, uh, there was an incident where she was killed and someone else was hurt with ammo from a supposedly prop gun shot by Alec Baldwin and there was not supposed to be live ammo in the gun there's supposed to be blanks but unfortunately there was live ammo and there's been a lot of speculation there's a lot of you know whispers a lot of things being said an investigation has been going on and so on and so forth in regards to the incident and everything that's happened in regards to what's going on in the movie set rust and Alec Baldwin recently posted a letter from the crew members saying that there was not a chaotic um, set that the set life is not at all dangerous or unsafe that any kind of speculation or any kind of talk of that is not true and basically trying to like cover the movie's tracks and I think also trying to cover Alex's tracks as well because there have been no charges made as of recently but with investigators you know trying to figure out what's going on it's not unlikely that someone might be getting in trouble you know so with that being said, it is very obvious to me that this happening at the same time that the um, IATSE, uh, frick, what is it? Frick, negotiations. Frick. Yes, negotiations are going on. Potential strike. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on in Hollywood right now where I think people are realizing that your crew members and PAs that have to go on set at all hours of the day that to get people food, that to be on their feet all the time, to deal with harassment and have to deal with not being, you know, just thanked or acknowledged in any kind of way. And the work they put on these film sets, obviously are realizing that in the heat, in the, not in the dying down of the pandemic, but in the resurgence of this pandemic and still having to work on set, that people have been coming to the realization that, hey, 
I'm putting all this time and labor into a film movie, into the set, into my work, and I am not getting paid well enough. I'm not getting bathroom breaks. I'm not allowed to eat. I'm not allowed to sit down. And you want me to do this, that, and the third just so you can make your little movie? I don't think so. And I understand, like, I'm involved when I want to go to jail. Okay. I'm not saying he's going to. However, y'all can expect me to believe that all of a sudden the crew is saying that everything's fine, nothing is wrong, when literally somebody was on the movie set and they were alive and now they are no longer here with us. Someone was also injured. And there have been many people who are on the set who are working that day and in previous weeks on the set have said the sort of things have been going on where things are not to code or prop masters are trying to check the guns and the ammo and even though the gun was locked away, you know, people can't be in the room because of COVID restrictions, so on and so forth. And like maybe somewhere down the line, somebody dropped the ball, you know, there are a lot of things that are being said and being speculated and there isn't a clear timeline to everything that's happening. I understand that and I get that. However, movie sets are not like normal places of work. Working on a movie set, it's not like working at Kohl's. You know, you have a manager, you report to somebody, you have your shift. It's all very loosey-goosey. It's depending on the director, the principal of photography, the actors, the time of day, the shot, the story, all that stuff. You know, it's not all clear, cut, and dry. And there are people who like being a PA and like acting, but there are people who work on those sets and hate it. And I think that working conditions should be improved and made better. You know, because as much as I love movies, I don't want people who work on movie sets to be miserable on there. And I don't want them to be treated like trash. They are just as important as the actors on screen. It's as simple as that. And you should pay people fair wages and give them breaks. Because if an actor is allowed to walk off set, if they simply don't feel like acting today, then someone should be allowed to walk off set if they feel sick or if they feel like they cannot deal with it or if they're going through like some kind of mental health day. You know what I mean? And you should not treat your PAs and workers on set as if they're disposable because they're there for a reason. You hire them for a reason. So you need to treat them with respect and the dignity that they deserve. All right. Not everybody needs to be Angelina Jolie to be treated with respect. And not even Angelina Jolie gets treated with respect sometimes. So yeah. And that's that on that. <laughs> um is there anything you'd like to <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to add, Claudia, before we end? <sighs> other than at star wars lower me my grave so you can let me down one last time um (laughs) um that being said um you know i was very negative about the star wars eclipse game um Mm -hmm. shout out to all the developers who are probably going to be fucking mistreated (laughs) Uh. um (laughs) shout out to the video game industry um but um if you are interested, if that trailer looked really cool to you, you should go read The High Republic. Um, mm-hmm. It's a bop. It's a banger. It's everything. New York's hottest club has everything. There is um, a Jedi with a anxiety and a dog. There is a sex scene. There is... <laughs> nice. um, there is the what are we post um, hookup conversation. There is um, asexual representation. We love that. There's um there's a lot of gay people there's a lot of people of color it's a good time um there's um it's it's just a it's just a grand old time a lot of girl bosses obviously um it's really just like wow this is what star wars should really be about and also it 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 really it it connects very well with the the rest of star wars and i've been very much enjoying myself i'm late to the game Mm -hmm. sorry now my co-host where i i was behind um but yeah instead of 
supporting that stupid ass fucking game um you should go read it uh one of my co-hosts did write a reading order guide um for it that i have posted on twitter and um a couple times as well can ask for it um but yeah um sorry contact dream you're nothing you're nothing you you will never be daniel jose older and justina ireland sorry you will never be them wow Anyways, um, that's all I have for you today. Other than come listen to the the Mystery Spot cast, cause, um, or join my live streams if we don't have an episode uh, bigger next. So, yay, guys! Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. Shout out to Claudia for being here and being a wonderful guest. I really do hope that you had a fun time. Yes, you're making me think about these cursed things. <laughs> Just truly, thank you so much. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Girl, you knew what it was when you joined. You knew exactly what we were going to talk about. <laughs> Guys, please feel free to follow the pod if you like it. If you like to follow Claudia, listen to her podcast and, you know, follow her anything. Her socials will be in the description, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, uh, RuPaul's Pod Race, the Star Wars podcast that she has, and also the Mr. Pops Pod Race. Um, that, that's the... Uh... That's the, uh, that's the drip. <laughs> you love it. You um, it. it's, as we like to say, is, uh, Rue Palpatine fracks on Mustafar. Accurate. Very. <laughs> that's where the joke comes from. Very. It's a very nice joke. We love it. We love the reference. We love to see it. Yes. Everything about it. Perfect. And guys, feel free to support this podcast on anchor.fm and follow us on our socials. And if that's it, then that's it. We will see you guys next week for another pod. Bye.